Thanks for joining us. We love getting to share the message of God's grace with the entire world. If his message has impacted your life, would you share your testimony with us by emailing it to stories at graceorlando.com. We love to hear what God is up to. You can also give in support of this ministry by going to our website and clicking on the Give button at graceorlando.com. Thanks again. Well, here we are. Good morning. How are you guys doing? I feel like this morning's been so good so far. I don't know what I'm going to say that's going to be that great, but well, I'll just trust God with that. Lord, uh, we come to you. We thank you. Man, we are loving worshiping you and just seeing all the things you're doing this morning. God, I pray that you would uh, just open up the eyes of our hearts even further, Lord. Let us just see even more of just how amazing you are. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I have like mild OCD. These, these need to be lined up somewhat. Anybody else? Cool. Um, hey, we're going to end the series today. I've had a lot of fun with this. Uh, it's almost bittersweet. Uh, we kind of came into the series with the idea of what if you were at a party, right, and uh, God was coming. You know, he's going to show up, and you're trying to explain to your friend who's never met God before, like, well, let me tell you what he's like. You know, I don't know what you would say, what, how you would uh, uh, try to in maybe five minutes capture what God is like, you know, but these were kind of the thoughts that I felt like the Lord led me to is that he's love. He's agape love. He's not like the love that you and I have. Like our love's pretty, pretty bad in comparison to how awesome agape is, right? He's a giver. He's, uh, he's a cheerful giver at that, right? He's gracious. He's, he's all of these different things that we've looked at over these past few months. And today I, I want to just give you the best news is that if you've heard anything over the course of this series that you thought, man, if that is true, that sounds awesome. Well, the good news is this, is that God is unchanging. That is our final one for this series, is that God is unchanging. So all of the things that you hope for, all of the things you, you've seen about him that you love and you just kind of hope there's not a shoe that's going to drop, there's not, okay? He really is unchanging, and what he says is exactly what you're going to see. Uh, last week, we, we, we ended on this verse, and I, I love this verse. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. He goes, But to me, it is a very small thing that I may be examined by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even examine myself. I am conscious of nothing against myself. Now, there's a, there's a way to live. How many of you guys live like that? <laughs> the one preacher in the back raised his hand. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that, that is how we're to live. Like, you're to live in such a way that you are not conscious about anything against yourself. And we're talking about this sin stuff, this stuff that, like, we're always so aware of. You know, he's saying, don't live this way. No, he goes, you've been acquitted by not, you know, just delusion. You know, you've been acquitted by Jesus. He's the one who said, no, I, I handled all of it. It's an incredible place to be because what that essentially means as we get into this message today is that everything that you have from him will also never change. Your salvation will never change. Your sanctification will never change. Nothing ever will change. Now, let me tell you instead about a world that does change and why we have such a hard time believing this is we live in a world that changes. Did you know that? Oh boy, the older you get, you just start seeing it and figuring it out quick, right? Yeah, the world changes. And I brought a few items here today to demonstrate this point. Uh, okay, first, I'm going to start with this. This is solid. Uh, if, if I were to hit you with this, you're not getting up. Um, it is a solid metal fan. How many of you guys remember these? Yeah, and this thing still works. That's what's awesome. This stuff used to work forever back then. 
But no, this fan is awesome for my grandmother's house. I'm thankful I never lost a hand. Um, it certainly seems possible. But anyway, this is not that old, okay? Like it's, I mean, you know, within a hundred years, okay? But that sounds old and it's not. Those of y'all, y'all know, it's not that long. Uh, okay, so then you have this. This is uh, my grandmother's old phone. I love this phone. I remember dialing out. Kids, you guys ever, have you ever seen one of these before where you have to actually, like, you put your number in the one you want and you, you turn it? You done this before, you know? And here's the other part, is that you had to have a cord that went along with it. And so you had stuff like this where you could, like, pull the cord out. And you, I mean, What world was this? This is not that long ago. And so, yeah, then you're on the phone, you know? Fellas, when you were dating, you know? This is as far as you could go away from your parents, you know? You're like, I really love you, you know? You were stuck. They knew what was up, you know? And then if you had that, you might try to do this, you know? But you were stuck. And then... Then, <laughs> this came out. Now, it's been a little beat up over the years, and you might even ask, why did I save this? Well, here we are. Uh, it was for today, I guess. But what was awesome about this was when I was dating, okay, and Brooke, you know, and I was playing video games. I mean, uh, being very in tune with our conversation, I would hold this like this. You could suddenly do this number. Like, you couldn't do that with that and the cord pulling and all that. Like, this was pretty awesome. And then it had, it had a, uh, you, could, you could leave a voicemail, you know, back before the cell phone thing. You could leave it right here on, on here for people. And then, then we had the flip phone come out. You remember the flip phone? Ooh, man, we're getting high tech. You know, you'd pull it out of your pocket and be like, you know, you're like, hello. You know, that's so cool. You know what was awesome was, like, it took pictures. And you're like, hold on, pose for this pixelated picture that I'm never going to look at. You know, like, it never took a good picture, and yet we tried. You know, this was a camera back in the day. My parents would film us. Anybody else? You know, they got the old camcorder out. You know, you're filming and all that jazz. And now we do all of that on one device. Like one device does all of this stuff now. And this is only, I mean, I'm 40 years old, so 41. I, I gave myself a year. Uh, you know, this is all within the span of not a whole lot of time. And look how much stuff changes. We live in a world of change. This place changes like crazy. Now, here's the thing, is that uh, God does not change. He, does, he doesn't change at all. And how we communicate, although it has changed, right, the way we communicate to him will never, ever change. And I want to look at that together with you today. Uh, I, I'm a person who doesn't like things changing. Do you like things changing? I mowed the grass once. I want to be done forever. I want to check the box. Why do I got to mow the grass four days later, right? Like, I just did this. So let's, let's take a look and see how God is unchanging, how he is so much better than all of that. Malachi 3.6 says this. It says that the Lord does not change. He doesn't change. We're really going to have a hard time with this. I'm going to say it a lot because we really have a hard time believing this. Hebrews 13.8. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and that will never, ever change. Now listen, we, we say this so much that we lose track of stuff. He, he, he is the way, okay? He's not just uh, the, the pathway, right? He's also how. He's also the why. I mean, he is the way. <laughs> he's the way. So he is the way. He's the truth. That word's aletheia. It means reality. It means that he is the reality of what God is really like. He is the reality of the Father manifest. So he is the way. He is the reality of the Father made, made manifest. And he is the demonstration of eternal life. A life that never ends. God doesn't change. He's never going to die. Like, he lives forever. So Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am all of these, 
these things. And he appears as the fulfillment of this promise that was made to Abraham. Look at this in John uh, chapter 1. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, recently I saw a video, and the video said, you know, there's grace people, you know, the grace people that are just everything's all good or whatever. And then you have like the truth people, you know, and they're out there shaking their fingers, you know. And this person just sort of came up. They said, no, it's grace and truth, right? You have to balance it out. Let me tell you that's not true, okay? I'm going to take strong disagreement because that's a toxic mixture. If you try to mix law and grace, you're going to have a complete wreck. And you're going to have a kind of relationship where one day you feel like you can go to God. The next day you're not sure you can go anywhere near God. Like that's the kind of relationship you have. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's that Jesus was full of the reality of what God is like. He's truth, aletheia. So when we saw him, what we saw was that he's full of grace. He's for us. God is for us. This was a shocking thought to the people of the day. Maybe you may feel that way, looking at all the world around us right now, like, is God here anywhere? Is he for us? And Jesus shows up to tell you 100% of the time, I am for you. Always, always for you, never, ever, ever going to change. When we saw him, we saw clearly God's favor towards us and the reality of the Father. That's what Jesus came to show us. Look at what he says in Matthew 5. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Now notice here he says law and prophets, okay? And we're going to look at this in a minute where he says law, prophets, and psalms. Right? These are always connected. These three things are always together. Okay? So when he says he's going to fulfill something, which, by the way, doesn't mean amplify like bigger or make bigger, it means complete. It means mow your grass, check the box, and it's done forever. Like you're never going to need to mow your grass again. Amen in the back. And so you get it. It's hot in Florida. Um, so no, in the same exact way, he's going to fulfill all of these things. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Man, underline that. He gives you the, the context right there until all is accomplished. Jesus is working. You know that? He's up to something really cool. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Let's stop before the next line. See, here's the problem, right? We, 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 I, I talked to somebody one time, and they said, Javen, if you teach people that we're not under the law anymore, then you're going to be the least in the kingdom. Okay, listen, let me just tell you something right here. Jesus is talking about himself, okay? He's talking about who he is. Look, catch this again. Whoever keeps and teaches it will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. This is Jesus. This is not you and me. It's not a measuring stick to see how you're doing or seeing if you're going to get to heaven and have lots of gold or whatever. Like, this is Jesus saying, I'm going to be great. How do I know that? Because he says, for I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You've got, to be, you've got to be able to keep this better than the religious fanatics, the Westboro Baptists. You've got to be able to keep it better than the Pharisees is what he just said. You've got to be able to like be the guy that like you don't even go near sin. And he goes, and even then, that, didn't, that wasn't enough. Look at what he said. You won't even, we're not talking about being the greatest in the kingdom. He says you won't even enter the kingdom. No, Jesus was up to something. He was up to something amazing that was never going to change. And he didn't leave anything 
open for us to mess up or to change. It's really good news, you guys. There's no red button you're going to push and like blow the whole thing up and I messed it all up and I lost my salvation. Or you, It's impossible, and I hope to convince you of how impossible it is, if not for one thing, that you cannot lose your salvation. And I'm going to show that to you in black and white. Here we go. God is unchangeable. God is unchangeable. Luke 24, 25. All right, Jesus is talking, and he says to some disciples, he's died, he's risen again now, okay? He's walking, and he goes, look, oh, foolish men, slow of heart to believe, and all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Look at what he did. Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. I mean, they're sitting there, Jesus died. This was supposed to be the Messiah. I don't understand and he comes along and he goes, guys, hello, it's me again. I'm, I'm not dead. <laughs> I came here to tell you this is all part of the plan. There's a whole thing that God is doing that nobody's going to be able to mess up. Nobody's going to be able to change. And I'm going to show you Moses, Abraham, Elijah, Enoch, anybody. I'm going to show you how all of them pointed to me. Everybody was pointing to this moment. And he says, look, these words, verse 44, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. It's important not to disconnect those three things. Because it's easy to say, well, the law hasn't really been fulfilled. The Psalms and the, oh yeah, he did all that, but the law is still something we're kind of under. No, he fulfilled all three of these things. And then he opened up their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my father upon you. But you are to stay into the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This happens the moment you believe that you know that you are clothed. <laughs> And you're not just clothed, you're clothed in power from on high. And that's something that is never going to change, despite whatever your human experience may look like, you are still clothed by him. He gave you the clothes to wear. You've changed for the last time. He fulfilled the law and the prophets and the Psalms. And the spirit in Psalm 110 said this about him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So I want to give you these two unchangeable things that Scripture tells us, these two things that if you, if you get lost in this world today, if you get caught up in your own human experience and you go, I think I've done something to mess it all up, well, then all you need to do is look at these two unchangeable things and you will have an absolute anchor for your soul. Are you ready? Number one is this. Jesus is your high priest. He is never, ever going to be anything but your high priest. You're not going to have another high priest. You're not going to have the, the, the stand-in for a day, you know. No, it's just him forever and always. And the second thing is, is that he did this by making an oath or a covenant. So there's been a promise that was made. So on those two things, that he's the Messiah and that, that is, he's, he's, he's the, the priest, the high priest, and that he has done this with an oath of his own, it, those two things are never, ever, ever, ever going to change. And it brings us this strong encouragement. Hebrews 6, we're going to look through little Hebrews together as we look at this. Hebrews 6, 13. When God made this promise to Abraham, he couldn't swear by anybody greater, so he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves and with them an oath is given as confirmation 
is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have is an anchor for the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And there it is again, according to the order of this priest that we know almost nothing about. He, he existed before the priesthood. He, he had a relationship with God where he was ordained as a priest, totally apart from everything done with Moses. And so I love this, that the Psalms preach towards this time where he was coming. And then in Hebrews, here he is, or the writer is saying, and here it is. Here's the moment. It's finally come. Here's this unchangeable, these two unchangeable things. So number one, Jesus is our high priest, and that is unchangeable. Unchangeable. Listen, because it's a new priest, you understand you can't be under the old law. You can't, because there, whenever a priesthood changes, the law changes with it. So you, we know this. And so here's, here's how we see it in Scripture. Hebrews 7, 12 through 16. For when the priesthood is changed... Of necessity, there takes a place, takes place, a change of law also. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe, from which nobody has officiated at the altar. In other words, who is this guy? For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, a tribe with reference to which Moses spoke nothing concerning priests. And this is clearer still, if another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such not on the basis of the law of physical requirement or where you were born, but according to the power of indestructible life. The power of indestructible life. How do we know this guy's the Messiah? Well, we tried to kill him and he came back. <laughs> it's pretty good. He's indestructible. His priesthood's better than our priesthood. Our priests die. Like our priests die and we got to get a new guy. He never dies. He's going to be the priest forevermore. This is unchangeable. I love this, that we don't live, we don't live under this Mosaic law anymore. We don't, we don't, we don't uh, need it. We have no need for it at all. Because we have something so much greater that Jesus came and gave us. And he says it here in Romans 8 too. He says, look, he gave us the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That is the law of love. That is the law that you and I have. It's, it's, it's what we have to live off of, and, and it really makes things simple. You don't need a whole laundry list. Just love. We're free. Look, don't let religion tell you that you're getting free. <laughs> Y'all ever heard someone say that? I'm just really working on this thing. I'm going to get free. I'm going to get set free. I'm going to get free. You are free. Your human experience may differ. You may not believe your own freedom. You may be standing in a jail cell and the door's wide open, but you're like, I can't get out of here. And you may need some convincing that, no, you're not a prisoner. <laughs> you can just step on out now. That's the kind of life we have now. We live by the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's not a spirit talking about sin and death. It's not talking about death. It's talking about life. And that's what you've been set free by. The former covenant was set aside because it couldn't change you. It, it, it didn't have the ability to do so. And so instead, we were given a high priest under this new covenant that would make intercession for you. Do you know what intercession is? I mean, you probably first think of prayer, because in the church, I, I was the first to become an intercessor, you know, it was the first thing I did, I'm an intercessor, it was a big fancy word, you know, it was cool, I'm an intercessor. Uh, so I would pray for people, you know what that word really means, a picture of it, it's hitting a bullseye, 
and it's somebody hitting a bullseye for you. That's what the picture looks like. So God lives, Jesus lives as our high priest forever, forever hitting the bullseye for you. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You get up there and you're like, I don't know if I can do this. He's like, no, that's fine. You know, <laughs> like, I'll do it. He hits the bullseye for you. He makes intercession for you. All right, the second thing that's unchangeable is this new covenant. This covenant will never, ever change. You're not going to get a newer, newer covenant. It's not going to be like, well, the new covenant was cool, but we got like the newest covenant. Like, no, it's going to always be this covenant. Hebrews 7, he continues, 22. So much the more also Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. The former priests, the Mosaic priests, the Levitical priests that on the one hand existed in great numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing. But Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is all able also to save forever. How long? Forever. Well, what if they don't want to be saved anymore? Forever. To save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He lives hitting the bullseye every single time. What if, but what if that person says, well, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Forget you, God. He goes ahead and just goes, boop, <laughs> he hit the bullseye for you. That's the kind of life we have now. He's a perfect priest, and he's so much better than me. <laughs> he's so much better than any other priest. Hebrews 8, 6. He's obtained an excellent ministry by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. You know, the last covenant had me and you in it. We walked over, God said, hey, I want to bless you. And we said, that sounds good. He goes, well, here's the deal. There's a, there's a list of things you're going to need to keep up with. And we said, no big deal at all. Shake my hand, you know. That's what we did. <laughs> Foolish move, right? Jesus comes along and the second time and he goes, okay, this time, this covenant's going to be between me and my dad. Because Jesus is never going to change, is he? He's never going to fail. He's never going to let you down. He's never going to give you up. I'm going to sing the whole song, uh, you know. <laughs> no, but... He turns around to his dad and he shakes his dad's hand and he goes, okay, we'll keep this covenant forever. You cannot mess this covenant up. You cannot add or take away or do anything to it because it wasn't done with you. It was done with his son, Jesus. Hebrews 10, 9, Jesus says this, behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. The new covenant is superior because the promises are unchangeable. <laughs> Nothing about it can ever be changed. Your, your position or your, your, your position in Christ, your, your, your placement, where you are, where you live, all of that will never, ever change because he is unchangeable. Let me give you a few more verses. Hebrews 10, 14. For by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. You know, you've been sanctified in the truth. Aletheia. You've been sanctified in reality. In other words, it's just a bunch of fancy words that mean you've been joined to him and he's not going to let go of you, <laughs> despite what you may believe. Now, 1 Peter 1.23 says, you've been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. You know, you may know people like I do that at one point in time, they were strong believers, you know, and then all of a sudden you look at them and you go, what happened? You know, they're out there in the world or they're all messed up, you know. Maybe you were one of those people. I was at one point in time in my life. You know, what's interesting is, is that it's easy in the human experience to start building all kinds of thoughts on that. Well, they must have lost their salvation. They must have lost their way. They must have been lost and all this stuff. But if you just focus on what you just heard, 
We, we were born of something that can't change. So yes, we may be deceived. There may be a part of our human experience where we've decided to just try it out again and the other stuff. But who you really are, according to Scripture that I see, you, you cannot change. <laughs> What's happened inside was forever. You have been absolutely transformed. And if you need one more verse to confirm that, Romans 11.29 says, The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Irrevocable. That word doesn't just mean take away, like God's not going to take them back. That word irrevocable means that he gave it to you because he was deeply concerned for you. If you gave something to somebody out of deep concern for them, are you going to go take it back? That doesn't even make any sense. You gave it because you're concerned for them. And God being perfect agape love, everything's motivated that way for him. Everything is for you. Everything is for somebody else. He's not a God who needs anything. The gifts of God are irrevocable. Listen, what I'm saying is, is you can't sin big enough. You can't renounce God loud enough. You can't crash your ship. You can't shipwreck your faith hard enough to keep God out of your life. <laughs> you can't. I know many who have tried, and I've watched as God has come right back and reminded them that he was there the whole time. He's never left. He will never leave. He will never forsake you, and he will never change his mind about it. But in all these things, Paul says in Romans 8, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that death and life, angels, principalities, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, any created thing, nothing's going to be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So instead, we rest. We sit in this place of fullness of joy. You know, his, the Bible says in Psalms that in his presence is the fullness of joy. You once had to go to a temple to get that. You once had to go somewhere and hope to catch a glimpse of it, you know. Now he places it inside of you. Now he says, I've come to live within you. I've placed my presence so you can have joy, not like the world gives peace and joy and all that stuff. No, I come from within. I, I have a life that I give you that pours out all of this stuff. Sin, all that stuff, you don't have any taste for that anymore because you're too full on all of the stuff that God is giving you. It's so refreshing. And it leads us to the conclusion of this whole series, which I hope brings you to a place of rest, where you go, you know what? Hearing all of this, that God is love, he's a cheerful giver, his oaths, all this stuff, unchangeable. We have this anchor for our souls that's never going to change. It should bring you to a place of rest, where you go, okay, my human experience today may or may not look great. Just look through the scriptures, you'll see people dying for the gospel. So yeah, people have bad days. And yet, those guys were all rejoicing the whole way, going, Lord, you're so good, you're so good. In other words, he's placed it all within you because he knew that you were going to need an anchor. I need an anchor. I need something I can hold on to during this whole virus and all this crazy stuff. And I can go, I don't understand any of this. You know, I've got my Facebook degree like everybody else, and I think I understand, you know. And yet, I go, Lord, my confidence is in you. That's the only place I ever need to go is on this anchor. I'm going to stay right here next to my anchor. But rest, I like the way Joseph Prince says this, rest is not inactivity. Rest is spirit-directed activity. Right? It's, it's, it's not that we're just sitting around going, all right, I'm waiting for the bus. <laughs> you know, I can't wait for it to get here. No, the cool part is resting is being led by the spirit. It's letting him guide you instead of you going, 
well, I should go do this. Don't live that way. Live by God telling you, go, go do that. It's not about should. It's about, ooh, it's fun. Let's go. So believe me, I hope you've met somebody. If you've watched this series from start to finish, I hope that you met God in a way that you, you know you can encounter him. You know you can engage with him at any time. There is nothing keeping you from him. Nothing. So would you just talk to him today? We're going we're gonna to sing one last song here in just a moment. And, I, and my hope would be, my hope would be is that you take a moment. Maybe you need to hear God talk to you for a moment. Do you know he talks to you? Maybe like Pastor Matt says, sometimes we just need to shut up and just listen, you know? Tell the devil to shut up, I know, but... Anyway, would y'all stand with me? Let me, let, me, let, me, uh, let, me, let me lead us in something here for a second. My friend's coming to the party. His name is God. Don't be scared. Don't freak out. He's all-powerful. He knows everything. He knows everything you've ever done. He can't wait to get here because he's the life of the party. He's so much fun. He keeps no record of wrongs, and he loves you. You can yell at him. You can call him names. He's just going to love you even more. Because out of deep concern for you, he wants to give you something. He wants to give you a gift, a gift that all you need to do is just receive. No strings attached. You don't owe him anything. You don't have to give him praises forever. Or like, there's no, there's no strings attached. It's just a gift of life. And if you take it, and if you take that life, it will transform everything about your life. <laughs> In fact, your entire old way of living will die. Thank God. Because you'll have this whole new way of walking. You have a whole new way of breathing. You have a whole new way of seeing. You have a whole new way of touching and experiencing and seeing God do things. So... Let me introduce you to God. And if you're somebody that says, I don't know that I've ever met him before and I would like to, this is your chance. This is your moment. He's coming to the door. Would you, would you meet him? He wants to meet you. You don't have to come up with a fancy prayer. Please don't be awkward and weird and like, oh, hi, I'm, I'm you know, don't do that. No, he, he don't need that. Just go up and hug him. I know it seems weird, but that's all he wants. Just go up and give him a hug. So right now, during this song, as we sing, if that's you, you don't have to have all the words to say. I want you, in whatever way you would, to just give him a hug or open up your arms and allow him to hug you.